What does barbecue mean to you? It's all about family. Good food. Summertime and friends. Of nostalgia. A whole lot of tasty. Soul-filling, belly-filling goodness. All of my favorite foods. A cultural touchstone. For me, it's a tether to the people who came before me. Getting together with family and friends. Coming to you from the basement studio at Eat More Barbecue World Headquarters, this is episode 236 of Canada's Barbecue Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Sanderson, and I thank you for tuning in, downloading, and listening. However you're making it happen, I appreciate it. We are heading down to South Carolina this week for a visit with Hector Garate of Palmyra Barbecue in Charleston. Hector is busy at work getting his soon-to-be-open brick-and-mortar location ready for business. He is one of the up-and-coming stars of barbecue, and I love his philosophy of using sustainably raised meat and making full use of the pork and beef that he brings in. During our chat, we talk about his background and the Puerto Rican influences on his menu. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Motley Q. Not only does Motley Q offer a great lineup of award-winning rubs and sauces, they also teach some of the best barbecue classes going. Visit MotleyQ.ca. That's M-O-T-L-E-Y-Q-U-E dot C-A. Click on the Classes tab to see the full schedule. There are a number of full-day classes to choose from, like King of the Grill, which is a great class for beginners, and Big Game Prep for that big football game coming up in a couple of weeks. In addition to the full classes, full-day classes, there is a selection of micro-classes upcoming, including brisket, steak, ribs, and more. I had the chance to take one of the classes with Big Joe and Jess a couple of years back, and it was a great entertaining experience with tons of great food and loads of knowledge. Again, the website is motleyq.ca. Click on the Classes tab to find the whole schedule of classes coming up in Edmonton. Last year, I had the honor of speaking with one of the greats in North Carolina barbecue, and I had Sam Jones on the podcast. And this week, I have the privilege of chatting with one of the up-and-coming and soon-to-be legends, it would seem, of South, South Carolina barbecue, Hector Garate from Palmyra Barbecue in Charleston. Uh, my pal and friend of the show, Peter Zakiewski from Pitt County, Pitt County Barbecue. Sorry, told me a while back I needed to check this guy out, and we finally been able to line up this conversation. Fresh off the very exciting news that they will be opening up a brick-and-mortar location in the food hotspot of Charleston, South Carolina. I'm very excited to welcome Hector to the show. Hector Welcome to Canada's Barbecue Podcast. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I really appreciate uh, appreciate you doing this. It's, uh, as we were saying there, just a, a busy time for you. So uh, thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your uh, out of your evening to chat with me here. So, Hey, anytime. Uh, first question I ask everybody, Hector, is uh, what does barbecue mean to you? Um, well, it means a lot of things. Um, I can say... I think there's many definitions the way you can break it down, but to me it means getting together uh, as a community and just getting in a table, I think, and getting together and eating great food. I think that that's a critical thing. You make so many friendships uh, in a table and you can also make a lot of friendships in barbecue. Yep. Um, so it's just, it has so many meanings. I mean, that's just one of them to me. It's a culture to me. It's, um, something that I cherish a lot and that has given me the opportunity to express myself and as a craft mm -hmm. and I love doing it. I wake up every day and, and that's what I think about. Awesome. So excellent. Uh, a little bit about yourself. Uh, Where'd you grow up? Are you from that Charleston area or uh, where's home for you? Originally? Well, 
So I grew up in Puerto Rico okay. until I was around 13, 14 and okay. moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. To Raleigh, um, okay. Yeah. And then from there, um, I m- moved to South Carolina mm-hmm. when I was around 20. Okay. And yeah, and I've been here ever since. Did move to other places to explore different uh, career avenues like New York City. I was there for four years. Oh, wow. Uh, and came back yep. and yeah, what, and, uh, and ever since, what sort of other careers were you looking at? Well, I was in the food industry as okay. well. Yep. Uh, and I just happened, I had some opportunities to work up there and I took them. I mean, mm-hmm. I think like being always in a small town, you always want to experience what it is to live in a big city. Yep. And I did that and I learned so much and I'm grateful that I, that I had that opportunity, but uh, I don't know, something about uh, the Carolinas called me yeah, back. Gotcha. So Drew you back. Came back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you, uh, when you moved to uh, Raleigh originally, was that a family move from Puerto Rico into to North Carolina? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's kind of crazy because uh, uh, my mom, uh, since I was a kid, we used to travel every Christmas to uh, Tennessee, the Carolina. So we used to go from Miami because I have family there. Okay. Uh, and we used to rent a car or a minivan, whatever, and drive all the way up to oh, wow. Gallenberg, Tennessee. Yep. And we used to do that like almost every Christmas. So yeah. my mom was really familiar. I was familiar with the Carolinas and sure. everything. Yeah. And one day she was like, we're just going to move. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, cool. And since it's easy with Puerto Rico, it's part of the United States. It's a commonwealth. Yeah. Yep. We have citizenship. So it's not you know a big deal. But yeah. it was a big deal for me because I left uh, – my home and came to this new environment, which I didn't understand a lot of things, mm-hmm. uh, mainly a lot of culture, uh, cultural things. But um, I still remember when I first tried my first uh, plate of um, Carolina whole hot vinegar. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, hush puppies and all that. So I still cherish that moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a, a unique uh, bite. Yep you know, for me at that time. Yeah. That's actually one of the things I was going to ask you is, you know, that, that first bite of barbecue, uh, the aha moment for you, where did that come in? Well, there wasn't like a particular, I grew up around really good food, you know, and, and good food is good food, family, environment, cooking, and all those things in Puerto Rico. Uh, we experienced, we do have barbecue as well. Actually, uh, to my knowledge, there were, barbecue derives from the Taino language uh, from Puerto Rico, which okay. means to smoke. And the Tainos used to smoke in the Bucan, which is like a smoker. Okay. But it was obviously configured differently yeah. uh, than what we are used to seeing nowadays. Yeah. And so there's like that culture still there. There's, there's still like a lot of um, open fire cooking in Puerto Rico. So right. I, I experienced that when I was a kid as well. So the aha moment, I think it was mainly when I uh, turn on my first fire. Right. That was my aha moment, the process. So I fell in love with the process of cooking more than the barbecue itself. Right. Um, uh, obviously barbecue is great. I love it. Mm. <laughs> the, yep. the flavors and everything, the end goal is great. Yeah. Uh, but just the, um, actual process of cooking, execution, rendering fat, mm. understanding, uh, fire management, understanding the pit designs. Cause I build my own pits. Yep. So, understanding all that, the internal dynamics, um, you know, how the, the, the pit is pulling, 
all that stuff is what really like drew me in the most. Yeah, interesting. I feel like uh, you're always gonna create great product if you care about the process mm -hmm. and if you care about the meat selection that you're picking. So yeah. we source locally, so we always knew that with the best, with the best, if you start with the best product, you're gonna end up with the best product. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. That's interesting that it. Uh, like you say, that aha moment was more when you did it yourself as opposed to eating out somewhere at a at a restaurant yeah. or something. That's uh, it's interesting. I know f for me, it was my first visit down to Texas and going to Louis Mueller. It was that that yeah that so, moment, right? But uh, so funny story. Yeah. Like uh, I never been to Texas. Yeah, okay, yeah. so I don't have really any influence right. from the outside world mm -hmm. per se. Um, with the uh, Texas um, techniques, I just learned to do it by doing it, try and error. And I think that kind of helps me in my creative process because mm -hmm. I'm not like trying to be like somebody else. No, I'm sure, just trying yeah. to be like, just trying to be like, you know, me. I'm trying to create my own path. So oh, yeah. I think that's creatively is really important. Yeah, awesome. Uh, you you kind of talked about the the Puerto Rico. Always have you always been into food and cooking growing up, or was that a thing for you? Yeah. yeah so what Palmira, which is uh, my great grandma. Okay. She. Uh, so I grew up with her in the house as yeah. well, and we used to cook together. Uh, that was the first time I started getting introduced to the kitchen. She was do she would do um, uh, rice with chicken mixed together like a paella style, okay. cabo con pollo. That's yeah. what we call it, and a caldero, and um, that's just like started in and my grandfather the same way cooking in, in the in the house in the kitchen and having all those memories and um getting together and just enjoying great food all the time and i feel like uh, i cherish those moments a lot and that's the reason i call my barbecue company palmito barbecue because yep. it represents that warm feeling of um being with your family members and being in the table and um it's just love you know yeah. at the end of the day awesome that's great i love that uh love that story where you're kind of bringing that uh your your heritage your culture your uh your background into it that's awesome and we'll get into the menu in a bit uh talking about how you're bringing some of that puerto rican culture into it but uh let's get into and you, you touched on it there the the locally sourced uh sustainable farm to table where did that importance come in for you well, so before I started being a barbecue company and I was just cooking, um, you know, it's something when you participate in butcheries and you get to see, you get to, to harvest the animal yourself mm -hmm. and you see that whole process, you start respecting a lot of things. You Let's just say you see things through a different angle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not, um, not going to the grocery store and picking up a, yeah. a, a foam package and, full of meat, right? It's a little different. And that's another aha moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. that, that's like, okay, well, wow, this is really something. And, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, seeing all that, like makes you want to support that makes you want to, okay, this is really important. Mm -hmm. This is a life that we're harvesting to eat. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, before I even started Palmita, 
that was already in my head. Yeah. Um, so Marvin Ross, which is uh, my partner, he's a really good friend. And I was having a conversation with him and I was like, hey, man, I, I need to start getting whole hogs. I need to harvest the whole thing. How can I make this? You know, how can. And then he's obviously um, a really known farmer. He's a, a, breed, a heritage breed pork and he's only this. Um, He's actually only this five minutes away from my house and his farm is only 20 miles. So nice. to me, it was just like a logical thing. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just showcase this. Yep. Let's showcase uh, what the Carolinas really, truly have to offer. Not just that. I mean, I'm putting the money back into the community. I'm putting this, in, you know, I'm buying this product. I know where it came from. I'm putting the money back into my friend's pocket. Mm -hmm. And essentially, this animal gets harvest on Tuesday. I get it on Thursday. Nice. Any fresher than that, it doesn't get. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's a great product all around. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we pay respect and cook it over coals for a um, period of 15 to 18 hours. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what can I say? No. <laughs> you, you know, you, you use the word I was thinking of respect, right? You're paying respect to that animal. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think that's uh, that's absolutely uh, a great uh, great way to do it. And, uh, you know, it that comes at a cost, right? It's certainly going to be more expensive for you mm -hmm. and that you have to pass that on. But, uh, I think it's a growing number of consumers that are starting to appreciate that and are prepared to pay for that extra, that premium for that, that product, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. You essentially supporting the, the low country. Yep. You're supporting your community by doing that yep. in many levels, yep. you know? So, awesome. and you get a better product for your body, you know, yep. like it's yeah. better. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. The, the health benefits are uh, a whole other thing, right? So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So let's get into the, uh, the business side of it. Uh, Palmyra barbecue, the timeline kind of, when did you get, when did it start up and how's it kind of progressed? So it started, uh, I guess it started really developing during the pandemic. Okay. Okay. That's when I started really developing because I had a lot of time to think and, and smoke. So I started developing, I started really heavily as well, uh, trying to nail down brisket and spend a lot of energy on brisket mm -hmm. and nailing down. And I did, I mean, I, I can produce great brisket and that was like my main goal. Like, cause I had, my wife bought me this offset smoker. So I was like, okay, I can cook the whole hog in, in the pit and the, in the cinder block pits and stuff, but I have this, uh, offset. So how can I, um, what can I cook here? And I was like, well, brisket is what, you know, people cook an offset. So yeah. I started like nailing that down and, and putting a lot of resources and time and, and started producing great brisket. And, um, there was, uh, a time in, in my, uh, journey of barbecue that i made a decision not to do it no more and change gears okay but yeah and and that's um you know i just started to do beef chics and i thought it was just a better product um and that has to do a lot with the ecosystem of my um restaurant as okay. well yep uh, and i can go more into that when we go into the menu sure, yeah. as well yep absolutely but, so timeline so going back to the timeline we we started doing so i started like crafting everything like visualizing the brand in my head how is this going to play out yep. you know how am i going to introduce this to the world to the low country to to everybody so i started 
craft them the brand, started thinking about the products I was going to use, and just like the initial template for Pamita, right? Mm -hmm. So did a pop-up. I started building the hype in Instagram, and we had great response. I mean, our first pop-up was insane. And we did this with a collaboration as well with Marvin, Peculiar Big Farms, as a collaboration pop-up, showing people like, hey, look, the farmers are here. Mm -hmm. We're you know, bringing you farm to table. I know it sounds kind of like... But it really is, yeah, you know, no, like this really, is yeah, like, right. yeah, you talked about the yeah, timing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, he's right here, like, you know, and then um, we obviously had a lot of support from him. He was great. And we did two collaboration pop ups. And then we um, shortly after that, a couple months, we started doing pop ups and pop ups. And then this um, food hall approached us and was like, hey guys, uh, we really like your product. They came to the pop and they're like, it's amazing. Like we want you to come to um, to this food hall downtown Charleston. And for me it was like, well, this is a great way for me to display, you know, and to try out the concept as well in a more of a restaurant setting and see how, you know, how the concept works and everything. Um, so going back, before I started doing the pop-ups, I needed to have a bigger smoker. So I started learning how to weld. I stopped doing barbecue for like a good month wow. and started learning the welding aspect yeah. of like how to manipulate metal, all these other things. And, and went deep dive into that, reading books, watching YouTube videos, bought all the welding equipment, practicing uh, everything, wow. and then source all the materials, built my first smoker on a stick welder, Okay. It was $200 and figured out how to do that and made it happen. The wow. thing is on the trailer. I don't even know how I pull it off, but I think it was just <laughs> the drive yep. that I had to wake up every morning and be like, you know what? I need to do this. I I'm going to do it. It's in my head mm -hmm. and uh, there's nothing stopping me, yep. you know, and build that, roll out the brand. We are protocol now and there's another set of issues now because now I'm in the legal world of DHA and different other things yep. and I need to figure it out. So I start doing hustling, getting money here, getting money there, selling barbecue and managed to build my own pit room. Okay. Once my own pit room is built, health department clears me to sell barbecue um, and I start selling barbecue at protocol. Yep. And then after that, I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm in this place. It's a great opportunity. Great things came out of it. Yep. But I'm like, I need to naturally go to the next step to be able to express myself even better right. without no outside control, just me controlling everything. And that's where we are now, building the first uh, brick and mortar for Flamito Barbecue. What's the uh, what's the timing looking like on that? I'm sure it's uh, kind of float a floating yeah, date I mean, right now. but. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I met with, you know, general contractors today. I'm meeting tomorrow with them. So it's, uh, you know, we're still assessing a couple of things. Uh, I'm hoping March, April, but you never know with these things. Uh, it's always something some covers and you have to, like, deal with it. So, yeah, um, yeah and it takes money and it takes uh, and it takes all these things to yeah. do it yeah. logistically. It's not it's not like, oh, yeah, we're going to open a brick and mortar. No, it's like, hey, we're going to open a brick and mortar. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Uh, was, now, is this a, an existing building that you're retrofitting or is it yeah. a new building? So it's a building that's been in business there for 17 years okay. and they decided to retire. And uh, it was a breakfast spot. Um, 
and yeah, just the the front we're gonna uh, renovate it completely, change floors, change uh, ceiling, uh, change the mechanical plans, electrical plans, and uh, also do like a market style uh, bar where we can just slice meat to the order and yep. make it more, you know, and also have the Parmita brand look yeah, all around sure. as well. And, yeah, you want to make it yeah. yours, right? Yeah, we want to make it ours, yeah. So yeah. that's, you know, we've been, um, you know, working on that really hard. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy when you, you hear people talking and you mentioned the, you know, the cost, the money behind it. It's, uh, anything like that. I was just listening to another show the other day and, uh, it was a guy in Texas that had, uh, started up a, just a food trailer mm-hmm. and, you know, he, he had budgeted about 45 grand and in the end it was more than double that before he'd sold a, a pound of meat, right? It was, Oh yeah, so, we yeah. we probably in the two hundred thousand. Oh, easy, or more. yeah, something you're doing a yeah, much easy. bigger scale. Yeah, right? it's yeah. Uh, it's like when the people tell me now, like you know, a thousand dollars. Like before, it was like, oh man, now it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's just like you get immune a little bit to to that, you yeah. know. So yeah. yeah, but hopefully it'll all uh, be worth it in the long run, right? That's the uh, oh yeah, getting your, your yeah, bringing that dream to to life. That'd be a, that's awesome. When we return, Hector and I get into a discussion about his menu and he explains what hash and rice is. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by our friends at Township 27. Township 27 develops, produces, distributes, and sells the highest quality pantry spices, herbs, spice blends, sauces, salad dressings, and condiments for people who love food. All of their products are produced by hand in small batches using only the highest quality ingredients to maintain the full flavor and freshness that their customers have come to expect. Township 27 has searched the globe looking for the finest ingredients to go into their products and they are excited to share the bounty with you. All Township 27 products are gluten-free, cholesterol-free, MSG-free, and are pure with no added fillers or preservatives. Township 27 is proudly Alberta-owned and produce all of their products locally right in Rocky View County, Alberta. If you're looking for the best in spices, blends, sauces, and condiments, whether it be retail, wholesale, or bulk, check them out at www.township27.com and follow them on Instagram and Facebook. Well, let's get yeah. into the let's get into the menu a little bit. You touched on it a little. Uh, looking online, certainly some of the uh, the Puerto Rican influences there. I'm curious to kind of hear your take on what uh, what the uh, you have to offer. So the, the menu is always evolving. That's one of the things with us. Um, as, a, as a now, we're going to introduce other items to the menu uh, and the protein side and the side uh, for the restaurant. We're still determining exactly which cuts, but we are going to introduce some things, mm-hmm. uh, maybe around two to three more meats. Um, not brisket. Sorry, guys. Okay. <laughs> so, so, uh, At least you're not in Texas trying to not sell brisket, right? No, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little the bit of an easier deal where you are. A lot of collagen and, <laughs> um, and people love them. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it works in our advantage yep. here. They don't, they don't, as yeah. long as they have that collagen, they have that beefiness. Yep. That's what they Oh, and yeah, so. beef cheeks are a great, uh, great alternative. Oh, they're awesome. They're yep. amazing. It's the best, yep. one of the best cuts. Uh, so the menu, it's, it's an ecosystem for us. So we get the whole hog. We get six products out of the whole hog. Right. We get the beef cheeks. We get three products out of the beef cheeks. Okay. So we get the barbacoa, the beef cheeks, and we make the sausage as well from beef cheeks. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So the trim when we trim the beef cheeks, there's trim, extra trim, extra trim. After twelve boxes of beef cheeks, you have a lot of trim left over. That goes um, into or if you're on a sausage. Yeah. And 
from the whole hog, we have the pulled pork, we have the skin, which we sell as well. We have the trousers, the shanks mm -hmm. that we use for different applications. We also make a uh, 48 hour broth, which we use for everything, rice, okay. collars, everything. And that brings another layer of flavor that you cannot just, you know, the water doesn't, no, <laughs> it doesn't have. Right. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh, we do that and uh, the head is the hash. So we take the head off and okay. uh, we smoke it well and that's gonna be for the hash and rice. Yep. Um, and yeah, and it's, it's, it's a lot of, we, we get lard from there too. We get head lard, yep. we get uh, regular lard and we apply those in different applications as well. Um, so yeah, it's a great ecosystem. We only, at the moment, get only two products. Mm -hmm. That's a crazy thing. And we make this whole menu happen yep. out of those two products that's awesome. uh, yeah that's awesome it's it's insane so <laughs> the way we do it but um you know the that's what brings flavor i mean yeah. just getting creative understanding that you know you got to use the cut sometimes that off cuts and those things are going to bring the most flavor mm -hmm. yeah. and understanding how to uh, apply them into your food your and your recipes is yeah. I, I think it pushes your creativeness and not just doing mac and cheese, brisket, and hot links. Definitely, they're great. Yep. You know they're going to sell. Those things are amazing. But to me, it's like always finding something that maybe was forgotten or something that it does, it's not used as much anymore and maybe applying mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. and see what kind of flavors we can get from mm -hmm. that. And, and I think it has to do with the creative. And once we find that sweet spot, then we put it in the menu and then because we're just not going to put anything in the menu just to put it in the menu mm -hmm. let's just say that so um and and poc yes we had to put some things too because we were open monday to sunday uh 11 to 9 which is insane for a barbecue operation yep. uh so we had to have chicken sandwich we had to have sure. burgers we had to have those things but yep. uh for the barbecue for the restaurant you know the core menu, the barbecue core menu, yeah. it's, it's really simple, you yeah. know. Um, That's great. But, uh, great to see that you're you know, use, using the whole animal, right? Uh, or at least yeah. you know, with the hog, at least you're using the whole, the whole thing. And with the, uh, with the beef, you're getting as much out of those beef cheeks as you possibly oh, can. Oh, we are. So. Yeah. It's insane. We, we, we use it and we, we make even, it's crazy, but we even made tallow yeah. out of the, Perfect. out of the, yeah. <laughs> out of the cheeks, which, yeah. Uh, it seems impossible, but it's not. Yep. So yep, we've done it. So yeah. Uh, you you mentioned hash and rice, and uh, something not something we're familiar with up uh, up this way. So talk about uh, what that is. So there's definitely different. So it's original to South Carolina, yeah. and it's something that I think it should be in every barbecue joint in South Carolina because yep. it's just something so beautiful that it's, it represents barbecue here. And if you have a barbecue joint, you should. Just have it, you know, like, but like do it right. There's diff definitely different hashes and, and there have different sauces and different things or take is obviously completely different than anybody else's. Of course, yeah. Cause I don't have a family recipe that was passed down to me by generations. Right. But I put my own twists, uh, while well, I had to go to my own sauce my own flavors yep. and yep. crafted this, this hash that turn out to be <laughs> delicious. Yep. So I was like, man, this tastes really good. Yep. And then we just roll with it. And uh, I took a couple, you know, we evolved it and evolved it until it got to what everybody tasted. 
and everybody loves it. It has a little bit of sweetness. It has a little bit of spiciness to it, and it has that funkiness from the head mm -hmm. that you need in hash. Okay. Uh, but it's like a meat gravy, and it's just delicious. Yeah, it's I was like say, you from, feel yeah. warm when you eat it. It's just it, it the fat is just emulsified. We emulsify the fat into the meat, and it's just like when you it coats your mouth when you eat it, and it's just a lot of it's like a flavor bomb when yep. you eat it. So. It's as a side, you're like, man, this could be just one of the main meats, you yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's great. Yeah, that's what I've, from what I've heard about it, it's kind of, you, you said a, a gravy, a meat gravy, right? And, yeah, it's a meat gravy, but like intent, like a lot of flavor yeah. going on. And you serve, At least for serve us, that over the one rice. Day. Yeah, over rice, that brings balance because yep. you have all this flavor um, and that brings, you know, great balance and, and people love it. I mean, yeah. people come sometimes and they just want something quick to eat. And it's like, give me some hash and rice. You know, so awesome. it's great. Uh, another item on the menu I uh, wasn't familiar with, and I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation, uh, the Eros uh, con gandules. Yeah, that's perfect. Oh. That was that perfect. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so Ados con gandules, traditionally, uh, it's a Puerto Rican rice dish that we were pork in Christmas. And we also, if you go to any lechonera in Puerto Rico, which is like a barbecue Puerto Rican joint, essentially, yeah. Um, they do more of a rotisserie style, but you know, they eat the pork, it's crispy skin, and it's juicy pork, and we eat it with arroz con gandules. That's like the pairing. So it goes so well with pork yep. that I was like, this is something, and I love doing a live fire when I can, uh, and it's delicious. I mean, it's just so good, it's rich. It's, it, you can, it's kind of like, uh, doesn't have saffron, so it's not like a paella, but if you can think about that texture, and that, that flavorness that comes from it like that, it's like that. It has a lot of flavor. It's not a, definitely not like a rice that lacks flavor. It's right. like, boom, in your face. So what, what's in uh, there? The arrows I know is rice. What's the... So sofrito is the foundation of it. Okay. So sofrito is a herb with um, different peppers. It has okay. cilantro, culantro, which is uh, two different type of herbs. Okay. And also has um, garlic. And it has olive oil. Okay. And we mix this together. Okay. And we make this paste, kind of green paste. And this goes, we cook that first. Then we put, um, we can put sausage or something, sometimes ham, sometimes uh, bacon, something, some fat in there as well. Mix it in. Okay. And then we put the rice, we put the liquids, uh, let it cook until the liquid dissipates. And then from there, we stir it, and then we cover it, and then it continues cooking. The process is like 40 minutes, uh, and you have this delicious rice nice. in the end. Um, but, yeah, essentially, it's that's the core of it. Nice. Well, it sounds sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Going to have for to get sure. uh, get Peter from Pitt County up here making some of this stuff. So. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> I'm to come down, and I yeah. give him the recipe. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's excellent. Uh, looking, you, you've had some... Uh, some pretty big accolades lately, uh, you know, feature being featured in different things, uh, uh, eater, best Carolina barbecue of the year, resi top 10 Charleston restaurants, most memorable dishes from post and courier, just part of the number 19 in the South top barbecue from Southern living. Uh, what does that mean to you? Uh, I mean, we've been blessed and in the sense of, you know, if I, I'm a true believer, if you enjoy what you're doing, you know, you got to be successful. Mm -hmm. So to me, um, 
I do this because I love doing this. It's not, I, I don't need confirmation. I don't need uh, somebody telling me that I'm good at this because I enjoy doing it and I love doing this. And that passion is Gary, it's gonna carry through. I mean, people are gonna see the passion in the plate. They're gonna see the passion in the product because we care. We care for you to have a great experience. I want you to taste that meat and tell me it was one of the best meats you ever had in your yeah. life. I want that response like from you, from my customer, because that's what we do it for. Mm-hmm. We do it for, for them. But it's also a lot of things because I love the process of cooking it. So all these things combined makes a barbecue joint mm-hmm. flourish. Yeah. When the owner cares, when the team members care, when you have a team working together, when you love the process, when you select the right meats, it's just a recipe for success in the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And if you're not passionate and you don't wake up every morning and you're like, you know what, I want to go and smoke, I want to do this, I want to do that, it's going to be really hard for somebody to continue to do this over and over and over again. Because yeah. you would, you think you're insane. You would think you're insane. Yeah to do this all this time. And it's, it's nice to see, I'm not gonna lie, it's nice to see when all these publications and the people behind them, the writers, have tried my food mm-hmm. personally and feel that way, you know? Yep. And to be welcome into the Carolinas, being a Puerto Rican and being able to manifest these things, it's awesome. It tells you that anybody can do it yep. if they wanted to do it. And it also sets an example from my end as well. I'm a Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. Maybe another Puerto Rican kid looks at me and it's like, oh, wow, man, Hector's up there doing this and that. He loves what he's doing. Maybe I can be the future of that. Yeah. Awesome. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in the Carolinas. It could be in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. It could be in New York. It could be anywhere. Yeah. But it's just, and it doesn't have to be a Puerto Rican. It could be anybody. Yeah. But it's just doing positive mm-hmm. things, pushing forward. You know, that's what life is about. And also at the same time, barbecue is a great avenue for that for me. It helped me in so many levels of my life. So, yeah. That's awesome. Well, from from talking with you the short time here, uh, from what Peter is uh, with Pitt County has said about you and uh, also heard you a while back last year on the Tales from the Pits podcast, uh, I I can tell the, the drive you have, the passion you have for what you're doing. You're not doing it for those accolades, however nice they may be when they come. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can. Uh, it's clear that you're doing it because it's it's what you love to do. And uh. yeah, and something else like I've been doing this uh, two years grinding without any accolades. Yeah. So if you're based just of that, it's gonna be a big disappointment. Mm-hmm. Like you have to do this because you love this. Yeah. And you want to put out the best product. Yeah. And everything else will fall in place. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I heard Daniel Vaughn out of Texas talking about, you know, they do their top 50 list at, at Texas Monthly. And he said, you know, if you've got a, a restaurant who's, you know, starting up and their goal is to make the top 50, that it's, it's not going to work, right? You, you have to have that yeah. drive and the passion, and then those accolades are a byproduct of that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can highlight it for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. People, people think like that. They look yeah. at it and they're like, oh, he's in the top 50. That's great. And that's awesome. But as the business owner or as the barbecue, the pit master, whatever you want to call yourself, mm-hmm. that cannot be your drive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, It cannot be. 
So awesome! Uh, you mentioned the team. Uh, you do, you know you do have a team with you working with you. Uh, mention those folks. Oh, yeah. Give them some. Uh, give the team a little bit of love there. Yeah. So right now we have uh, one guy that's still working uh, with me, and he's been there uh, the longest. And his name is Ford Meyer. Yeah. And he's basically my chef. So he it's day in and day out grinding with me. Uh, we had the opportunity to go to West Palm Beach uh, since we are not in operation and go. And I, I took him down and uh, we did that event with Tropical Smokehouse. Um, we met John Bates for Interstellar, Esau uh, Ramos from Twin Smokehouse. We met also um, Elliot Moss. Um, Andy, we just met so many great people. Yeah. Santec Smokers was down there. Uh, we, we, we got to spend a really good time and talk and learn a lot about the business aspect of things and also the barbecue world. Um, just being with those guys, it was a wealth of knowledge uh, for me and for Ford. Uh, so Ford is, um, he can cook the best collards in the world. <laughs> It's the reason our collars stay so good. Yeah, so we have the recipe, but his execution yeah. made it even better. So it's just like, you know, it's having people and it's all about teamwork. I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. Uh, we are now assembling, you know, because we had to close the operation. Right. So some of the team members, you know, they have to go and, you know, they need to get paid and go yeah. do their things. Some of them will come back with us once we open again. And but the main one that I kept on was my chef. I kept him on. He's still getting paid. And he he actually helped me with the pit the other day. We were, nice. I was like, we need to finish this pit in four days. I was almost like, it was almost finished. And we we're like, we need to finish it up. Yeah. And, you know, I told him, you know, he knows how to cop metal because he has helped me before with uh, different projects. And, you know, he's out there measuring, cutting metal with me and assembling this pit and finish it off. Uh, so th they involve in every aspect and process yeah. of the business as much as I am when it comes to um, cooking, uh, I do most of the smoking, but they're familiar with the smoking as well. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, the pit building, understanding why it works that way and, and certain things. So, yeah, he's been a blessing to to me, to my operation. Uh, and he loves Palmira, and I'm I'm grateful to have him as awesome. a team. Awesome. So, um, and go ahead. And go ahead. also. It goes without notice. My wife too. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> my, my wife, she helps me uh, tremendously as well. She's been there since day one. Uh, she's the reason that I am in barbecue because uh, she bought me the pit. And you know that that style that I created, the reason yeah. why I created that style, you know, yeah. the way that I went, is because uh, she bought me that pit. And she's been since day one, um, making sure that I'm, you know, everything. She just keeps everything together in my home. Uh, my kids just um i'm super grateful to have such a great wife awesome well. awesome what was that first uh that first offset that she bought you what was it oh uh, it was the oklahoma joe's oh, highlander what one which uh... Uh, i think so yeah highlander yeah, yeah. yeah that's the, what i've the, got the uh, that's what i got in my backyard yeah. here so oh nice yeah, 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 decent little, 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 little unit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was able to produce a uh, uh, decent amount of good barbecue out of that yeah. so Awesome. Awesome. So when, uh, with moving into the restaurant, uh, what are you going to be cooking on? You got the offset that you're building? 
or that you've now That's already completed. Yep. So we, we finished building it. Uh, we're going to have two offsets starting. We're yep. going to have uh, 500, a 330, and we're going to have the box, which fits um, 640 pounds of hog in it. Okay. So what kind so, of, is that like uh, a metal? Yeah, it's a box that I built. Okay. Yeah, it's a box that I built. It's a four by eight. Uh, it's huge. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, it's all direct coals yep. underneath. And yep. that's uh, and that's how we cook the, the hog. So that gives us a lot of volume because that's what we sell the most. We sell hog the most. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of whole hog sandwiches, a lot of that, yeah. you know. That's like the big bread and butter, like our volume. Yeah. So, yeah, that's important for us to have a way to cook a lot of hog at once. Yeah. How has that and been with the, uh, yeah. the local authorities, health authorities, and everything there? Getting the, do you have kind of a separate pit room, or what's the uh, what's the? Yeah, yeah. So right now, I mean, I already made the investment on the second pit on the first pit room, yeah. and that one I will leave a sign for whole hog cooking only. Okay. And then I will be cooking the. I mean, right now I'm in the stage, but obviously in the future when I can build like new construction, I will do put the hot hot cooker in there. Yep. But for now, you know, I feel like I would invest. You know, money's money, and I'm not rich, <laughs> and I would invest the money into this um, facility to cook whole hog only, and it's one acre of land, and you know, it's perfect for cooking whole hog. Right. You know, it's the fire hazards to go with cooking whole hog and all those things not trying to burn down the restaurant. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, having a separate unit and contained, that's perfect. And I think we're going to cook it there and just uh, probably transport the whole hog. It's only okay. um, around 50 minutes away or something like that. Exactly. So yeah. it's not a big deal. We can put it on Yeti coolers and move yeah. it. Um, the uh, Everything else is going to be cooked on site. Though. Okay. The uh, beef cheeks, the, any other products that, that we introduce, the sausage, coleslaw, all that is going to be... Yep, oh. up there. Okay, so you're, the pit room you were using at the uh, food hall—that's a separate location entirely already. Yeah, it is. This okay, is on identity. You. Okay, I see. I thought this is on identity. Yep. Um, I own it. It, it was, you know, because we didn't know how this um, that we were going to grow sure. so fast, and we didn't know that. So yep. we just built the pit room. Just you know, let's just start here. Yeah. Uh, we maybe thought that we were going to be in the food hall for like three years. We didn't know. Yep. You know. Yep. Uh, and then we got, you know, all this momentum and then we were like, okay, maybe it's time for us to just do our own thing and express ourselves even better. Yep. Like, well, that's awesome. Uh, for folks that might be in the Charleston area, the, what's the location for the new, uh, the new spot? It's going to be, um, 2366 Ashley river road, um, Charleston, South Carolina. And, um, yeah. Awesome. And folks, uh, 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 Palmyra Barbecue, bbq.com is the website. Uh, at uh, Palmyra Barbecue, uh, bbq again, sorry, on Instagram. Any other social media? It looks like Instagram's kind of the one. Uh, yeah, Instagram is the one. <laughs> Keep For it sure, focused, Instagram. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's the one that we uh, use the most for sure. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Hector, uh, thank you so much. I know it's uh, a couple hours later for you out there, so I appreciate you taking some time uh, with as yeah. busy as you are getting everything uh, up and running. So I uh, can't wait to be uh, following, and hopefully I can get down there one day and uh, and try some of your barbecue. Uh, 
in person. Oh, yeah, man. That'd, be, uh, that'd be awesome. So that'd uh, be awesome. We'd love to have you down here. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd look forward to it. Last question I ask everybody, uh, it's, it's dinner time at home. You got, uh, oh, whatever cooker uh, fired up. What's kind of your go-to at home for you? To cook. Yeah. Um, I will say, um, I've been experimenting lately with, uh, cow tongue. Okay. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just posted one on social media the other day, but we've been um, cooking it yep. and um, applying it to different. So my wife, she's from uh, Michoacan, Mexico. Huh? So applying it into different um, uh, tacos and different yep. things. Yep. Uh, it's an easy one to do. Uh, chicken is also really quick. Mm-hmm. You know, chicken is um, an hour and 30 minutes maybe yep. on the offset. And um, that's always good to do as well. But it's always fun, you know, when it's a short cook, when yeah. you're in the house. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, we do. We did, um, I think, we actually did cow tongue, oxtail, chicken, and ribs the other day at the nice. house. So nice. if that tells you anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was at the uh, at the far, local farmer's market yesterday with my daughter. She's 16 years old. And we were at the, uh, the beef uh, producer's uh, stall and they had a, a beef tongue in the in the uh, cabinet and she uh, didn't want anything to do with that so that's so good man yeah. I'm telling you yeah. uh, there's many ways to cook it uh, if you call me I'll tell you the best way all right I'll, <laughs> I'll keep that in mind man Hector thanks so much for doing this really appreciate it best of luck with the uh, getting the new restaurant up and running we'll be uh, keeping an eye out and uh, watching to see what you're doing there so appreciate it hey thank you so much it was nice talking to you awesome take care man take care are listening to Canada's longest running barbecue podcast and it is time now for some barbecue news brought to you by the Barrel Boss Q, family owned and operated small business in Leduc County, Alberta and the manufacturer of the original Canadian drum smoker. Whether it's in the backyard or on the competition circuit, Kelly Troy and the Barrel Boss Q team are driven by the desire to watch their clients showcase their cooking talents, to slow down a bit and spend some quality time with family and friends. From entry level all the way to fully loaded models, Barrel Boss Q has the charcoal drum smokers and accessories you need to be the barbecue boss of your block or maybe to get a walk at the next competition. Shipping to customers across Canada and the U.S., Barrel Boss Q spends time talking to their clients to make sure each and every smoker they make is special and meets the needs of the customer. Barrel Boss Q is honored to be a part of their customers' barbecue journeys. Visit them online at barrelbossq.ca. That's B-A-R-R-E-L-B-O-S-S the letter Q dot CA and follow them on Facebook and Instagram and, and tell them you heard about them on eat more barbecue. If you listen to the barbecue central show regularly, you've probably heard host Greg Grumpy talk about show karma before. Well, one of my re- recent guests maybe experienced a bit of eat more barbecue show karma this past weekend. Doug Shiding was on the show the week before last and this past week, he and his rogue cookers team had a great result at the San Antonio stock show and rodeo barbecue cook-off. When the dust settled, the team took home a 5th place in chicken, 8th place in dessert category, 12th spot in Bloody Mary and 18th in ribs, for an amazing 14th place overall out of 288 teams. Huge congratulations to Doug and the team on a great competition. Now I do realize that Doug was also on the Barbecue Central show last week, so Rempy will likely try and take credit for it, but I'm prepared to share if you are, Greg. Let's uh, have a look as the 2023 competition calendar up here in Canada continues to fill out. Let's see what's coming up. This month, February 18th in St. Apollinaire, Quebec, the Igloo Barbecue Challenge, a backyard competition with chicken and ribs. Check them out on Facebook. Challenge Igloo BBQ is the site on Facebook. 
May the 26th in Delhi, Ontario. There's a judging class. You can get details on the Canadian Barbecue Society website. And that same weekend in La Salette, Ontario, May 27th and 28th, it is the Jack Nine Memorial at KCBS Competition. www.jack, the letter number nine, sorry, .ca, jack9.ca. And I will be talking to the organizers this week, so watch for that coming up in the next few weeks. May the 27th and 28th, the Embers and Ice Pitmaster Challenge at the Half Moon Lake Resort in Alberta. This is formerly Porkapalooza, a KCBS event. Take a check it out on Facebook, Embers and Ice Pitmaster Challenge. June 17th, a judging class in Seagrave, Ontario. And then that weekend, June 17th and 18th, it's the Two Blokes Cider Father's Day Festival at Stuttering John's Smokehouse in Seagrave, Ontario. This is a KCBS event, www.stutteringjohns.com. Awesome to see two KCBS events back in Ontario this year. June 24th to 25th, uh, not yet sanctioned, I don't think, but planned as a KCBS event. Second annual Columbia Valley Smoke Show out in Invermere, B.C., cvsmokeshow.ca is the website. August 5th and 6th, Didsbury Lions Barbecue in Didsbury, Alberta. Another KCBS, didsburylionsbbq.ca. Here in Alberta, planning is underway for the second annual competition in Bazano, as well as Barbecue on the Bow in Calgary, so watch for details. And just this evening, before I recorded, Devin Bond from Hickory Street Barbecue in Lethbridge announced that Smoke, Wind & Fire would be back for a third year down in southern Alberta with more details to follow. Exciting stuff. I had Devin, uh, talked to Devin last week, so that'll be coming up, and hopefully we'll be able to give you an update on the competition as well. To wrap it up, this is a reminder... For all members of the Canadian Barbecue Society to cast their votes for the new board, check out the Society Facebook page for info and a list of candidates, including myself, and check your emails for the link to vote. I'm always looking for guest ideas for the show, so email me at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com if there is someone you would like to hear from. You can find me online at www.eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at albertabbqtrail.ca, where you can check out a listing of barbecue restaurants here in Alberta, and then get on out there and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out to your local barbecue joint and show them some love. Thanks to Alan Orban for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. That's a wrap, everybody. See y'all next week, and keep on smoking. <laughs>